Hey, Sales of Nation, it's Tyler Lindley, your host here. Today I have David Taub from eSub on the podcast. Hey, David, how you doing today? Doing well, Tyler. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining. So David is the Director of Revenue Operations and Sales Enablement at eSub, which is a construction software. He recently transitioned to that role from being an enterprise account executive. Tell me a little bit about that transition, David. How did you become an enterprise sales rep and now you're Director of RevOps and Sales Enablement there at eSub? Of course. Thanks, Tyler. No, before moving to ESUB, I actually spent about a decade working in financial services and then worked my way up into a, a director of sales role and was doing a lot of revenue operations really without realizing it. I think that happens at a lot of companies. We had a, a really good team, strong marketing, strong sales, strong executive sales leadership. And we worked really hard to change our processes and continue to grow and scale. Our company was an uh, go in the right direction. Unfortunately, it got caught up in a bit of a scandal that's pretty well known in the payroll industry, still out there even 18 months later. And I had to make a decision to move forward in, in my career path. And much like a lot of people, this happened slightly before COVID, which was the nice thing. So I was able to find something that made sense. And, and ESUB was a somewhat local company to me here in Southern California. And their mission of empowering the uh, trade contractors as well as software that felt like sold itself made just mm. a lot of sense for me to move forward. Obviously, started with them in the spring, right after COVID really unfortunately shut things down. But being software and, and being a nimble company, we were able to make some adjustments, go remote like a lot of people and continue on what we were doing. Mm -hmm. 2020 was uh, a growth year for eSub. We grew a lot internally. We added headcount. We actually did a lot of things backwards compared to some other companies. About 50% of our employees were actually hired after April 1st of last year. So we've had a lot of a lot of change, a lot of new direction. And when we continue to do that as a smaller, nimble company compared to maybe some of the other companies in the space that have to, you know, make a lot of big adjustments to to do things different. So um, I moved into. I took a little step back, moved into that account executive role to really understand the industry, understand the product, understand who I'm selling to, what they're looking for, spent eight, nine months just trying to learn really all I could. And, and there was some more movement and change that occurred at the top towards the end of that eighth month and had an opportunity to step up and ask the question, where can I help? And Unbeknownst to me, they, the executive team had already determined that they had a path for me. And I think it's really important for anyone listening to ask those questions, even if you feel like it's early, see if there's a path for you. Uh, no one wants to be in the same role forever. A lot of people have desires to move up. And a lot of times companies, when they hire you, they see you moving into a new role, mm -hmm. um, not just the role that you've actually you know, applied for and, and potentially landed. So have those questions with your manager or those conversations and make sure you understand or you feel comfortable with the direction that you want to go. So had a, an open, honest conversation with, with my manager about potentially moving into what I thought was actually going to be another director of sales role. And they came back and said, we think you actually can do more than just lead some SDRs or some AEs. We, we want you to take a look at everything that we're doing on the revenue operations side. I was flattered, number one, wasn't something that I'd done. But number two, I was like, I think that's great. I just don't exactly know what revenue ops is. Mm -hmm. When I decided to 
move forward with the, the position, I think the first thing I actually did was go on Google and just type in what is revenue operations. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, there was a lot of really great pertinent information out there from companies all across the entire world that help people like me understand how to build processes around marketing, sales, customer success, account management, implementation, and a lot of companies that have built you know, great products that make my life pretty easy as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's funny. I've been talking a lot about revenue operations on the podcast and defining it, which I felt like you just did a great job of there. Those those client-facing, revenue-facing teams, making sure they're aligned and you have the systems and process around them. That's largely what revenue operations is. But I think it's something that is going to continue to be more and more important. So it's interesting that they had that role pegged for you and you didn't even really know. But now I think there's going to be a ton of folks that are doing revenue operations and doing sales enablement, especially for growth stage companies like eSub, uh, because that really is a crucial piece of the puzzle. So as you've gotten into the role now, what are you finding that you are working on the most? You were an AE, so you had some of that tribal knowledge coming in, but what are you finding that when you're just starting to implement a RevOps or enablement function within a business, what are you focusing on initially? So every day is a little different. You know, what I, I tried to take a step back and, and look at what RevOps is. And, and for those that are sitting there listening, it's really just, it's alignment and using the data that you have available to you to create that alignment. And, and when I say alignment, it means that everybody's saying the same thing. So when you build your customer journey um, or your buyer journey, and you have that one message coming from marketing, you want that same message to come from your SDRs, that same message to come from your AEs, that same message to come from your implementation team, that same message to come from your success team, especially as I I like to call it building that circle because from the success team, the goal is to try and get some referrals out of that company and really use that word of mouth to also boost warm leads incoming quality stuff that's coming in. So building that circle back up so that when somebody does come back in, it's the same message over and over. It sounds mundane and it sounds a little bit like doing the same thing over and over. It's a little insanity, but it really just makes everybody know that you're not going to deal with mad clients somewhere in that funnel. So I started at the top. I went to marketing and I spent a lot of time kind of understanding what we do on the marketing side, where our messaging is what we're spending our resources on and making sure that what our marketing team is trying to get aligns with what we're what i what our ideal client profile and what i call our ideal prospect profile Hmm. you mentioned tyler we're a a growth stage company like many were had been really focused in some of the smaller smb type markets and one of the reasons i even came in was to build out a mid-market enterprise funnel we found a lot of success in that but what we found is that we're still seeing a lot of smaller companies coming into our funnel through our efforts and a lot of just outbounding cold calling that unfortunately can lead to tired mouths and tired hands and just a little bit of burnout. So going back and looking at what content we have and understanding maybe why we're a little more down market instead of up market. And so I've probably spent the last four-ish months or so really in just immersing myself in, in our marketing where our, our pros are, where our cons are. And then the second side of that's been enablement. So I spent a lot of time with technology 
understanding our entire internal tech stack for our revenue teams and making sure that, especially with everyone being remote, that they have the tools that they can do their jobs, whether it's automations within the CRM, whether it's products to understand better. We, we purchased Gong last year. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm going to plug Gong or anything, but it's been, been a little life-changing, I think, mm. for management and the teams just to understand what people are doing and who's doing what and who's maybe having some challenges. And we're sure using Gong, sorry to interrupt, we're using Gong just for the sales team or across marketing sales and success, all of those so teams? Is, it has become a cross org. Our marketing team is trying to understand a little better of how they can use it. And we're starting to take some snippets to use as part of that. Our implementation team uses it. Our customer success team uses it. And it's great information for sales and sales leadership and for myself and revenue operations to see what everybody's saying and make sure that everybody's information lines up. Mm-hmm. How we're talking maybe to a few million dollar mechanical contractor might be different than the way we're talking to a $50 million mechanical contractor. So right. we want those messages to be somewhat the same although obviously tailored to each one. So not having to sit in on calls and and being able to listen to things like that has been great. Bringing in more automation around dials, more automation around really the CRM. I know that's a big one. I think there was even a study I read that CRM enablement is probably the biggest thing people did last Mm. year. So we spent a lot of time on making sure that data gets in there, that it's accurate, Mm -hmm. automating things like a price book, trying to just have everyone spend a lot of time doing selling things, not doing administration Mm -hmm. things. Right. Yeah. You mentioned to go back a little bit. One thing you mentioned when you talked about you were diving into the marketing team and the messaging, you mentioned an ICP ideal customer profile. You also mentioned an IPP and ideal prospect profile. I thought it was interesting because I've never heard, I never heard that IPP acronym. I know in marketing and sales, we love our acronyms, but I've never heard that one. Is there a difference? Like, have you found that your prospect profile is different than your customer profile or, or why do you mention both there? So only because of our trajectory to go upstream, mm. who we're selling to at the lower market. And we have a, we have a product that's really built for a somewhat specific type of contractor, specialty or subcontractors that work for general contractors in the commercial and industrial industries. That's pretty much our bread and butter for there. And then obviously there's different types in there. In the smaller markets, that could be a plumbing contractor to somebody who's doing heavy civil road work because the needs are much different than when you get up into a 50, 100, 150, $500 million year contractor. So as we get into those bigger markets and we talk to those bigger contractors, we have to get super focused on what we do well and what we do well for specific contractors. We can't sell a $200 million civil, heavy civil contractor. Our product, unfortunately, just isn't meant for those, but we could sell a $2 million heavy civil contractor mm-hmm. because uh, we, we're really good at building processes and, and standardization. And that's things that people need in the smaller end. At the larger end, they need just a little bit more than sometimes we can provide. Mm. And you talk about that upmarket motion that you're going through. I think a lot of other companies are at this stage of growth where they've been focusing maybe on a smaller client on that SMB market, and now they're moving into that mid-market corporate enterprise space. What have been some of the things that y'all have learned as you made, like when did you start 
that transition when you start realizing we need to move up market or maybe just some clients fell in your lap. But when did that happen? And what are some of the lessons that you've learned as you've gone after those clients that are a little bit bigger and they may have different or more specialized needs? Yeah. So it's an interesting story. The company's actually been through this is the second go around mm. of trying to, of going up market. We made some decisions. We brought some clients in. We maybe as a startup made some promises that we shouldn't have made and unfortunately kept some and wasn't able to keep others and then refocused back in that SMB market. We were fortunate enough in 2019 to bring in a, a Series B round. And I think part of that Series B was to take a look at the product and beef some things up and, and retry and go after that. Yeah, that made that mid-market enterprise and some new new folks were hired at the beginning of 2020, myself included, who had some enterprise background. Mm-hmm. And what we found is that we can really compete against the big boys that are out there. And we can get in there, we can show people that there's an easy way to do some stuff, that there's a nice way to standardize, that we can fix a lot of pains we think most contractors deal with. What we found is that if we start to get a little bit um, outside of our core, that we get a little bit challenged in keeping those clients happy. And unfortunately, the ability to bring someone in and expand on them usually required some additional product availability. Mm-hmm. So our platform has some needs and changes that it has to go through really to be super effective in that 25 to a billion dollar range is what we call it. Um, we can bring clients in. We just have to be real specialized. So that's where that ideal prospect profile comes in. Because mm. um, we have to really look at you know our core and our core values, our core mission and say, this is what we're really good at. This is what you're looking for. We can meet those needs. If you want more, you're going to have to be a little patient with us because we're trying to add those things. Mm-hmm. But if there's something that pops up in there and it's we don't do that, and if that's a deal breaker, we have to walk away from that deal, unfortunately. Right. It's really tough because... Much like everyone else, we're we're trying to keep our pipelines as full as possible. Nobody wants to turn deal away right now. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So we've talked a lot about marketing and started to dive into sales and some of the things you've been doing with technology and automation. What about, have you gotten as far as the success team yet? And where does their role fit into this ideal buyer's journey, ideal customer journey? And how can you like leading RevOps and leading enablement, what can you do to enable the success team to pick up that torch post-sale and make sure that they're doing a good job to to grow an account or to maintain that account, renew that account? What are you doing on the success side so far? So that's probably the area that I had the least experience in. I was a full cycle rep before in, in my previous uh, career path and had full cycle reps under me. We had more of a tech support team, not Mm. a a success team. I've had to really just once again, dive on in and learn, understand their technology stack, what they're looking for, talk to each customer success rep and manager to understand like where their pains are. The biggest thing I think for anybody who leads customer success or is in customer success is it all should be data-driven. And I think that's a big thing. I, I go into every conversation I have, what's the goal? of the conversation and, and where's the data. I don't want to hear anecdotal stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to unfortunately hear stories. I love third party stories. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to hear that Bill said this or Joe said that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I want to see the data. And I think with our success team, it's our data is just making sure that it's as accurate as possible so that when we look at how we retain, how we keep, how we upsell, that it, we're getting the most out of each client that we can. Some of that's product driven. Some of that is 
internal technology driven? Do we have the right platforms to understand what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Did we sell somebody under the guise of something that they're using or not using? And that goes back to once again to that uh, ideal client profile and ideal prospect profile. I can see looking at data that the type of client we sell in the SMB market and how they use our product is extraordinarily different than the type of client we sell at 7,500 million plus and how they use our product. Gotcha. That makes sense. I hear you keep harping on data, regardless of which team you're talking about, marketing team, sales, success, account management, you've mentioned data throughout. How have you found like, what state was the data in before you took over? And what are some things that you've done to maybe make that data cleaner or make it so that it's more actionable? Because obviously in your role, that data is important for you to make these decisions as data-driven decisions. How have you made that data actionable in your new role? So I was very lucky coming into this company. We actually had one of the cleaner CRMs that I'd seen in comparison to other companies I'd work with and mountains. We've been a company in its current itineration for about 13 years. Executive management had been doing this for close to 30 with a platform for about 20 of those, not this eSub platform we have right now. But So there's a lot of data, a lot of clients that we've had over time, a lot of clients we currently have. And so it was really just looking at the data that we have and finding the parts of it that made the most sense. So you mentioned, but it's not that I had to go find a bunch of data. It's I had to figure out what the, what you said, the actionable stuff was out of there. And what I was able to find is that what we anecdotally say was actually pretty close to what the data shows when we talk about our ideal client profile. What the data has really shown me though, is that sometimes our messaging is a little bit off. Mm. I think everybody deals with this and that's where having someone like them, like me, or whether it's a marketing ops, a sales ops, or even a customer success ops and whatever you want to call somebody in charge of making sure that everything is the same across the board. Mm -hmm. I still work through it today. Somebody in one department goes and buys a piece of technology or does something a little different or changes the messaging because it sounds a little different coming from their mouth than the way the company wants it. And I think that's great that people want to step up and do that type of work. I also think that it's somebody has to be in charge of the messaging and the brand, whether that's marketing or revenue ops or whatever it might be. And everything needs to go through them and everything needs to sound the same. Mm. And if you want to do some one-off stuff or come from you, then you know you can work on a mini campaign and we can do that. You don't want to tell three-quarters of your client base one thing and then one way and then three-quarters of your client base something different or make it sound different. So mm -hmm. it's been the, the challenge, I think, of myself, challenge of every revenue ops person. Mm -hmm. And then there's other sides of the things that I do. I've got some coaching and strategy as part of what I'm doing. So just making sure that people are in the right place has been one of those other big things. So looking at data, looking at what they're doing, you know, not another shameless plug. We recently purchased a product called Atrium HQ. Mm -hmm. um, I will shamelessly plug Modern Sales Pros because uh, their founder actually started that and it's been a huge help. So if you are in a director level role and you're looking for other folks who can help you make decisions around selling or above president, VP, whatever it might be, Modern Sales Pros is a, a free resource for people. And Atrium is one of the you know founding companies of it. And it's rep analytics. And that has been a huge thing. It's rep analytics across your SDRs, your AEs, your CSMs. Mm -hmm. And it's all those leading indicators to make sure that you don't run into things at the end that are lagging indicators. 
Awesome. It, it has been even in just a month or so we've had it has opened my eyes to making sure that people are supposed to be doing the things that they really are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Have you found in your new role, are you working collaboratively with the marketing leaders, sales leader, success leaders, as well as the executive team or kind of how is that, how have you structured kind of your communication and the ability to collaborate with those different leaders? How have you structured that? And what have you found has been most effective for getting across the objectives and goals that you're trying to achieve while also working with those other leaders in the organization? So we're in a unique position right now where we're being run as an, an office of executive leadership. We're in the process of looking for a, uh, a new CEO. This mm. is just our company and had an opportunity. Our current CEO and, and co-founder, she had an opportunity to take a little day-to-day step back and make a decision that she thought was and was best for the company to move forward and its journey. Um, still part of our board, still you know fully involved, still talking to clients, just not day-to-day. So our, we have a fair amount of our VP level folks, sales, mm-hmm. marketing, product, engineering, finance, working in tandem with a couple of our board members to you know, lead the company's direction. So I have a direct line basically to the people making, making decisions, which is nice. So really it's coming with a reason and a story and where the company's going to, or where whatever I'm going to need is going to make things a little bit better. And then just making sure that we're always have a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Like I think I said that back at the beginning, don't want to just start buying products or buying technology or giving people things just because it sounds cool. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, there's a lot of cool stuff out there I run into. It's just one of those things where if it makes sense and we think it can um, have some type of return, then I'm going to look for a reason to make that happen. Gotcha. That makes sense. Awesome, David. How can my listeners find out more about you online if they want to learn more about you? Sure. Best way to find me is actually on LinkedIn, just David Taub. You can find me on Twitter as well, too, at DM Taub. If you really want to look, I'm on Facebook as well, too, David Taub. But most of my business-related stuff is via Twitter or via LinkedIn. You can obviously you know, find eSub, www.esub.com. You can also you know, follow us on, on LinkedIn and Twitter as well, too. We're exploring some other options for uh, social media. Maybe one day you'll see us on TikTok, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I don't know. We've seen some cool construction stuff on TikTok. So that seems like a good opportunity. Yeah. Awesome. We'll link to those in the show notes if uh, folks want to learn more about David or connect with him online. But David, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining. No problem. Thanks so much, Tyler. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action. And the results will follow. See you next time.